Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. We're starting a new series this morning called Refined, because the Bible repeatedly talks to us about how we are refined by the fire of trial. And you know, sometimes we have this misconception that because we've accepted Christ, everything in our life should be just perfect and, and good all the time. Amen? And if it isn't, then we get mad at God. We, we begin to doubt God. We may cast off our faith in God. Amen? But you know what? The Bible tells us we're going to go through the fire of trials. But if we will continue to trust the Lord, it's going to fulfill a good thing in our life. Amen? So we're beginning a series this morning titled Refined, and today's message is called Rejoice and Remain Faithful. Rejoice and Remain Faithful. Theologian F.B. Meyer once explained that a bar of iron is worth about $2.50. That was in his day. That a bar of iron is worth about $2.50. He said if it's placed in the fire and hammered into horseshoes, it's worth about $5. If it's made into needles, it's worth about $175. If it's made into penknife blades, it's worth about $1,625. If it is made into springs for watches, not the electronic digital kind that we have now, but the actual watch, you know, you know what I'm talking about. He said if it's made into the springs for watches, it's worth about $125,000, the same bar of iron. But you know, needles, penknife blades, and watch springs, even though they're made out of steel, which is an, uh, an iron alloy that is mix, uh, made from mixing carbon and iron at temperatures of 2,600 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. That's hotter than a Florida summer, amen? 2,600 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> But to make a watch spring, the steel has to be heated and cooled slowly to remove any internal stresses or weak points and to toughen up the steel. As it is heated and ironed to the necessary thickness and sheared to the very narrow width that is needed, this process often has to be repeated several times where it is heated to 2600 degrees Fahrenheit, it is delicately hammered into shape and as it cools it is then heated again and this process is repeated until it produces the mainspring of a watch but the more it's manipulated and the more it is hammered and the more it's passed through the heat it's beaten it's pounded it's polished it increases in value it increases in value now, some of us may be passing through the, the fire of trials. Some of us may be feeling pretty well hammered right now. Not hammered from drinking. I'm talking about hammered from, <laughs> from going through difficult circumstances. Because we are Christians and we don't drink alcohol. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today is not a sermon for that, but if you'd like, I can preach you one. But some of us may be passing through the trials and, and we're feeling hammered by the difficulties of life and, and we're wondering, how much more of this can I take? Have you ever felt that way? I know I have. I mean, last year I was going through some stuff and, and then with my mother going through what she was going through and the difficulties that, uh, in other areas, I was just like, how much more of this can I take, Lord? You know, but just continued to trust the Lord. Or sometimes we cry out, how long, oh Lord, how long? How long till you hear and do something? Have you ever prayed that kind of prayer? <laughs> Amen. 
But the scripture on numerous occasions describes God as using the refining fire of trials to purify and perfect us. Zechariah 13, 9 says, I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, these are my people. And they will say, the Lord is our God. Now, this verse is actually an end time prophecy concerning the remnant of Israel, which is about one third of Israel that the scripture says, who will be purified through the extreme testing of what they're going to suffer during the tribulation period which I believe is in the not-too-distant future. And through that, God is going to purify unto himself a people. Because how many, how many of you know the Bible says, not all that are Israel are Israel. Meaning not all that are of the nation of Israel are actually the spiritual Israel that loves and serves God. So even though there is the national Israel, there has to be purified unto himself a people who will truly love God. And serve him. Amen. So that's what the fire is going to do. But even though it's a prophecy specific to Israel in the end times, it does reveal to us how God works in the lives of his people, including us, to refine us. In the New Testament, Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says, in all of this, you greatly rejoice Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. Because folks, a faith that cannot be tested is not a faith that can be trusted. If the moment trial hits, we just, you know, cast off our confidence in God because, oh God, you didn't do what I expected you, then that wasn't genuine faith, right? And that's what he's saying here. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Now, this passage is addressed to Christians. It's addressed to you and it's addressed to me. And there are several key words in these two verses. Rejoice. He tells us to greatly rejoice while we're going through trials. Doesn't that sound like us? Amen. We greatly rejoice when we're going through trials. <clears throat> Amen. The key, verse, key words, rejoice, faith, to have faith. Amen. To be tested, the word test, and the word fire. And those four words, rejoice, faith, test, and fire, they are all connected. One writer describes the Christian life as a journey of painful joy. Painful joy. Because while on one hand, the scripture tells us in Psalm 1611, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your pleasant presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So on one hand, we are promised that there is, there is indescribable joy in serving God. But then on the other hand, numerous other verses describe the Christian life um, as a life of trial and difficulty. Jesus said things like, in this world, you will have trouble. And he's just stating a fact, for folks. 
we live in a sin-fallen world, and we're going to have some problems. We're going to have some troubles. Amen? And Peter tells us here in verse 6, in this present life, we are going to suffer all kinds of trials. So how do we reconcile these two seemingly opposite aspects of the Christian life? Joy and joy abundant and suffering and pain. Peter reveals to us a couple of pinnacles that will help us to walk in faith and experience joy even when we are in the midst of trial. The first thing he tells us is that we need to rejoice rather than resist the refining. Rejoice rather than resist the refining. We need to go through the refiner's fire because we need to be refined. I need to be refined, and I hate to burst your bubble. You need to be refined. Amen? It's as plain as that. The refiner's fire is the work of God's grace and love in our lives through our trials to purify us. You know, when gold and silver is extracted from the earth, it looks nothing like the gold or silver that people pay high prices for and that they wear as beautiful pieces of jewelry. In fact, gold and silver ore, when it is dug out of the ground, is often not recognizable as gold or silver because it has so many impurities in it that it often looks just like worthless rock. It's mixed with all kinds of minerals and, and all kinds of, uh, of rocks, and it only often contains trace amounts of gold or silver. In fact, I read an article that said to find gold ore, which has visible gold veins in it, is very rare. So to find a piece of, of nugget that you can actually see the gold in it is very rare. But to the trained eye looking for gold, they can see the potential beauty and value even in the ugliest lump of rock or ore. And they know that once it is taken through the refining fire and all the impurities have been burned away, what remains will be of highest value and great beauty. Folks, we're all sinners. And even when we get saved and we have a desire to serve and please God, the impurities of sinful desires, fleshly attitudes and actions remain in us. How many of you know that? All right. In fact, like gold ore that looks like any other rock to the untrained eye, when we first come to Christ, we may look like any other sinner so that many might not even be able to tell the difference between us and someone that does not know Christ. But to God's trained eye, he sees the value of Christ living in us. He sees the beauty of his image imprinted on us. And he looks beyond the impurities in us and he sees the potential of what we can become as his Holy Spirit has his way in us. And God doesn't abandon us because of our impurities, our weaknesses, our shortcomings, or our failures. If he did abandon us for these things, let me tell you something, heaven would be empty. And if he couldn't use us because we have weaknesses, we have shortcomings, we have failures, guess what? None of us would be able to be used by God. Because we all 
are in process. Amen? We're all in that process of being refined. So God doesn't abandon us. With great love and care, he takes us through the refiner's fire because our character and our habits need to be purified. If we could change ourselves, we would not need the refiner's fire. Now, certainly there's a part that we play in this purification process. We need to read the word so that our mind, so that our thinking, so that our values, so that our priorities will be renewed by the world. Because by the word, because right now, all of that is shaped by the world when we first come to Christ. And it needs to be renewed by his word. We also need to pray because through prayer and a heart of surrender, we submit to the transforming work of the Holy Spirit and he works in us to change us and make us more and more like Christ, which is the goal to which God is working in the Christian life. We also need to regularly attend church and sit under the preaching and teaching of God's word. That's how we cooperate with the purifying work of the Holy Spirit. We need to build relationships within the body of Christ that can speak truth into our lives so that we can grow spiritually and become more like Christ. See, when we have relationships in the body of Christ, they can speak to us at a personal level because they know our life and we have trust with them so they can speak into us. There's accountability there when you have relationship. See, when, when your only relationship is with me, there's not a whole lot of accountability because I am not engaged in most of your lives during the week. It's just fact, right? So there's not a whole lot of accountability. But the Bible never called Christians to only be connected to a pastor. We are called to be connected to one another, amen, to the body of Christ. And as we build those relationships, we cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit because he will use those relationships in our life to help us to grow. We also need to make choices to deny the flesh and to submit to the Spirit. We need to make those choices on a day-to-day -day basis. And the more we do these things, the less we have to go through the refiner's fire. Let me just say that again. The more we do these things, the less we have to go through the refiner's fire. Why? Because we are cooperating with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to change us, to purify us, to transform us, to perfect us. Amen? Are you following me on that? So the more we do these things, the less we have to go through the refiner's fire. Going through God's refining fire can be very painful and difficult, but it is an essential part of our spiritual life. The refining fire speaks of trials, tests, difficulties that God allows us. He doesn't cause it, but he allows us to experience. And while we go through these painful experiences, the Holy Spirit is working deep inside of us when we choose to continue to trust God in the midst of the trial. The Holy Spirit will work to put to death the flesh, to produce righteousness, and to perfect the image of Christ in our lives. That's why James tells us that we are blessed when we are tested. James 1 verse 12 says blessed, or another way of translating that in the Greek is happy, but it's a spiritual happiness. It's a happiness that comes from God. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, 
that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Have you ever stopped to thank God for the blessing of your trials? Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. James tells us that we need to rejoice in the refiner's fire of trials. We need to remain steadfast in faith, and we will receive the crown of life. Amen. We can rejoice in the refiner's fire because as hard and painful as it may be, we know that God loves us and that he wants what is best for us. His purpose is to purify us of sin, to produce the image of Christ in us, and to prepare us to be vessels that he can use and make us ready for heaven. That's reason to rejoice even in the fire. Amen? If we wrestle against the refiner's fire, we may find ourselves in his consuming fire. Rather than rejoicing in the refiner's fire and, and looking to the Lord in faith and, and believing him to do his work in us and, and, and accomplish what he's desiring to do, too often we are looking for the quickest way out or around the fire. Hallelujah. We all would like to run from the fire of trials. It, it's a hard process. But we need to remain steadfast in the fire. We need to submit to the working of the Holy Spirit and say, God, what is it that you're desiring to do in me? Whatever it is, Lord, I surrender to you. Change me, Lord. Make me who you're calling me, me to be, Lord, in the midst of this fiery trial. You know, in Malachi chapter 3 and 4, God is described as a purifying refiner's fire to his people, making them righteous. But he is also described in those chapters as a consuming fire of judgment to the wicked. If we want to avoid the consuming fire of his judgment in the future, then we need to welcome the refining fire of his grace in the present. What's all the quiet in here? If we want to avoid the consuming fire of his judgment in the future, we need to submit to his refining fire in the the present. We need to pray and ask the Lord, have your way in me. Refine me. Make me who you're calling me to be. Purify my heart. Purify my mind, Lord. Remove from me anything that is not of you, anything that is not pleasing to you. Change me, O oh God. We need to ask him to cleanse our lives and to change us and make us more like Christ. But when we pray that kind of prayer, it's a dangerous prayer. Because we are asking God to take us through the refiner's fire to test us and to change us and to bring us out better than when we went in. But in order to come out better than you go into the fire, we must remain faithful and trust the refiner. Remain faithful and trust the refiner. Turn to God in the fire and ask for his help. Whatever trial you may go, be going through, take it to the Lord in prayer. Pray for God's wisdom, for God's grace, for God's strength, for God's guidance to go through the fire. 
Pray for God to have his way in you, to purify you, to perfect you into the image of Christ and to prepare you as a vessel that he can use. Pray for the Holy Spirit to purge out all fleshly desires, passions, and attitudes that are displeasing to God and to produce in you the mind and heart of Christ, to produce in you the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And trust God's promises in the fire. The master refiner has given us a powerful promise in Isaiah 43, 2, which is one of my favorite verses. He says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Why? Because he promises, I will be with you you are mine. I have called you by name. Amen. So we must trust the refiner. He knows exactly what temperature the fire needs to be. And he knows how long we need to be in the fire to accomplish his purpose and not be consumed by the fire. We need to trust just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. They trusted the Lord. They said, you know what, king? Our God is able to deliver us. And you know what? Whenever we're in the fire, God is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, it's not because he's abandoned us. It's because he loves us and there's a purpose he's working in our life. So if you've prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you said, Lord, deliver me. Lord, take me out of this situation. I'm not saying stop praying those prayers of faith. But while you're going through the fire, say, God, while I'm in this fire, what is it that you're trying to do in my life? And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to the king, O king, our God is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will never bow our knee to your statue. And they got thrown into the fiery furnace. It was heated seven times its normal heat, so much so that the guards that threw them in were struck dead by the heat. But when King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire, he said, didn't we place three men bound into the fire? How is it that I see four men loosed and walking around in the fire and one of them looks like unto the Son of Man? See, God was right there with them in the fire. Amen? And they had freedom in the fire. They were loosed from their bondage. And when they were brought out, there wasn't even the smell of smoke on them. And it was a great testimony to the king. And he made a declaration throughout all of his empire to worship the God of Israel. Amen. So when we come out of the fire, better than we went into it, people are watching us. Amen. And they're going to they're gonna give glory to God because they're going to see something different happened in you. Because everybody goes through the fire. Even the unbeliever goes through fires of trials. Amen. But the difference is we have God with us in the midst of it. And he's going to bring us out better. And they're going to see that. And it's going to bring glory to his name. So stand steadfast on the promise of God. And know that he will not forsake you. You will not be alone. He will be with you in the fire. And he will bring you through. So trust his promise. But also trust God's presence in the fire. The Bible often uses the symbol of fire for God and for the Holy Spirit. God appeared to Moses in a burning bush and Moses pulled aside to see and immediately recognized that it was holy ground and he took off his shoes and he bowed down in the presence of God. I want you to hear this. When we are going through the refiner's fire, it is a sacred space. It is holy ground. 
that God has set apart to get our attention. Just like he had that burning fiery bush in the wilderness to get Moses' attention. The fiery trials get our attention so that we will pull aside from the busyness of our life just like Moses pulled aside from shepherding and stopped to pay attention and to see what God was doing. When we're going through the fiery trial, when God allows us to go through the fiery trial and he doesn't instantly deliver us when we pray, folks, what we need to do is that we need to lean in and pay attention because we're on holy ground and we need to say, God, what is it that you're desiring to do? What are you saying to me? What are you working in me in the midst of this fire? To Israel, God, God's presence was manifested as a pillar of fire leading the people through the wilderness. And that pillar of fire would tell them when to stop, when to move, and where to go. It is the pillar of fire that lit up the dark nights of the desert and gave evidence to his people that he was still there. He was with them. When you're going through the refiner's fire, look for the activity of God leading you through that fire. Look for the activity of God guiding you and giving you evidence of his presence in the midst of the fire. God appeared to the people of Israel as a burning fiery cloud atop Mount Sinai and the whole mountain shook and God spoke with a thunderous voice. And at Mount Sinai is where God revealed himself to his people. But you know what? When he said he wanted to speak to them and they needed to purify themselves, what did they do? They backed up to the other side of the valley because they were afraid of God. And they said, Moses, you go up into the midst of the burning fiery cloud and you find out what God wants to say to us and you come back down and tell us. And you know, some of us would really rather have a second-hand relationship with God than pay the price to have that close walk with the Lord. But I'll tell you something, God has no grandchildren. Amen? You can't have a relationship with God through somebody else. God wants to have a relationship directly with you. But there at Mount Sinai, Moses ascended into the burning, fiery cloud, and he spent 40 days in the presence of an almighty God. And God spoke to him and revealed to him the Ten Commandments in the fire. God wants to reveal himself to us in deeper ways than we have ever known. Don't be afraid of the fire. Don't back up like the children of Israel, but enter in and say, God, have your way in me. God, speak to me. God, I want you to reveal yourself to me in the midst of this fire. Because let me tell you something, most of us can testify that it is in the times of trial that we have come to know God more deeply than at any other other time in our life amen we also need to trust God's purpose in the fire I'm turning us again to our opening verse first Peter 1 7 he says these trials will show that your faith is genuine it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold though your faith is far more precious than mere gold isn't that amazing your faith is more valuable than gold amen 
So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Notice that the focus on this passage is on the purpose of God in the fire in our life. We have a tendency to focus on the pain of the fire, but God wants us to focus on the purpose of the fire. Let me say that again, because I don't think we're getting it. We have a tendency to focus on the pain of the fire. Oh, God, this is so hard. Lord, I'm suffering. God, this is so painful. God, do something. Get me. Now, don't you be quiet because you know those. Are, we've all prayed those kind of prayers. Amen. We've all prayed those kind of prayers. But God wants us not to focus on the pain of the fire. He wants us to focus on the purpose of the fire. God, I don't understand why you're allowing me to go through this. But God, I'm trusting in you. And Lord, I know that you have a purpose in the midst of this fire. And I say, Lord God, have your way in me. Let your will be done in me, Lord God. See, that's the kind of prayer God wants us praying in the fire. Amen? Hallelujah. That's not a strong amen, but we're going to go with it anyway. I'm so grateful for the refiner's fire in my life. I, I've gone through a lot of very difficult trials in my life, the most recent of which was when I went through stage three cancer, and, and I've gone through the pain of much loss, losing my father, losing my mother, um, but it has produced a greater work in me. It, it, it has produced a greater brokenness, and you know, it is in brokenness that God moves in our life, not in our strength, not in when we think we got it all together. No, it's in our brokenness. It has produced a greater humility and dependence on God and me. It says, Lord, I need you. I can't even take a step without you, God. I need you. It has strengthened my faith to say, Lord, when everything is stripped away from me and all I have is you, you are more than enough, oh God. Have you ever felt that? Amen. I know that I've come to that place, amen? And, and I believe that it has brought a greater compassion in my heart for people who are going through trial. And I believe it has brought a greater depth to my ministry, all because of the fire. Things that were accomplished in me that could not be accomplished in the good times or the times of victory, amen? I wanna close this morning with the words of a worship song titled Refiner's Fire. I'm not going to sing it for you because I want you to stick around, but I will share the words with you. It says, purify my heart, let me be as gold, and precious silver, purify my heart. Let me be as gold, pure gold, refiner's fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will. Amen. Rather than resist, rather than resist the refiner's fire, Peter says rejoice. Rejoice in the fire because God is doing something in you that is far more valuable than gold. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let that be our prayer as we embrace the refiner's fire and say, God, do in me what you desire to do. Let your will be done in me. Amen. We can welcome the refiner's fire now or we can face the consuming fire of God's judgment in the future. I don't know about you, but I want to welcome his refiner's fire now. Amen. But the first step to avoiding the consuming fire of God's judgment 
is to repent of our sins and place our faith in Jesus as our Savior. We are all sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory or God's standard of holiness. And the wages of sin is death. That's the penalty of sin, not just physical death, but eternal death or separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, his son. As we repent of our sins, the word repent means to turn away from. We make a U-turn and say, God, I, I recognize I've been heading in the wrong direction. I've been doing things my way, and I don't want to live that way anymore. I ask you to forgive me, and I turn to you in faith, and I ask you to come live inside of me and help me from this day forward to live for you. So I'm going to ask you right now to bow your heads with me, and if you would say, pray for me, pastor, I want to repent of my sins and place my faith in Jesus. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to know that I am saved. Or maybe you say, Pastor, I gave my heart to Jesus some time ago, but I've drifted away and I need to come back. If you fit into either of those categories and you would say, pray for me, Pastor, would you just slip your hand up and you can put it right back down? Pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus. I want my sins to be forgiven. Thank you for that hand. Is that thank you for another hand? Is there anyone else? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that hand. Amen. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Praise God. I'm going to ask those of you that that raised your hand to take another step and just pray with me. And I'm going to ask the entire congregation to pray this prayer with me to encourage those that raised their hand. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. And I believe that you love me so much that you died for my sins. Today, I repent. I turn away from my sinful ways and I turn to you in faith. I confess that I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me and I invite you to come live inside of me and help me from this day forward to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I want to congratulate you on making the best decision of your life. And I welcome you to the family of God. And I encourage you, that prayer that you just prayed is a beginning, not an end. It's the beginning of a lifelong journey of learning to love and follow Christ. And we want to help you in that journey by sending you a free little e-booklet that will help you understand the prayer you just prayed and the steps to take to continue growing in faith in the Lord. So if you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to take your phone out and text your email address to the number on the screen so that we can send you this book free of charge to help you to continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. So if you would do that right now, take your phone out and just text your email address to the number on the screen. We need your email address to be able to send you this little booklet. But once again, congratulations on making the best decision of your life and welcome to the family of God. For those of us who have already accepted Jesus, I want to ask you, do you find yourself in the refiner's fire right now? If you do, I want to encourage you to call out to God for help to trust that he is with you and that he is working in you and that he will bring you out of the fire better than you went into it. And for all of us, we may not be in the fire right now, but we can open our hearts and say, God, purify me, perfect me, prepare me to be a vessel that you can use for your goodwill and purpose. Lord, do whatever you need to do in my life to make me who you're calling me to be. If that's your heart's desire, would you stand to your feet and make your way to this altar? Lord, have your way in me. Use whatever you need to use, even the fire of trial, to make me who you're calling me to be, Lord God. Hallelujah to your name.
and you just talk to God from your own heart as you stand at this altar. Surrender yourself to him and ask him to work in you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now for all of these that are responding to your word with an open heart, Lord God. Father, even though we don't like the fire, Lord, today we welcome the fire in our life. And we say, God, use whatever means you need to use in us to make us who you're calling us to be. Father, that you would perfect us, that you would purify us, that you would make us more like Jesus, that you would purge out from us the ways of the flesh, the ways of the world, Lord God. Change our hearts, change our mind, Lord God. And make us who you're calling us to be. Prepare us to be a holy vessel that you can use. And prepare us to live in your presence for all eternity, oh God. Have your way in us, Lord Jesus. And may we hold fast to you in faith when we find ourselves in the midst of the fire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.